welcome to the fourth episode in this podcast series from the Linklaters Employee Incentives Team on the lessons PLCs can take from the financial services sector in managing risk and setting board pay. I'm Kayleigh Jones, an associate in the team in London. And I'm Harry Meek, also an associate in the team. In this podcast, Harry and I will have a brief chat about the exercise of discretion. In the previous episode, we talked about the use of restricted shares and overriding formulaic outcomes as alternative methods of risk adjustment and participants likely reactions to this. That's right. We know that it's not enough to include a statement in your rules that the remuneration committee can make any decision it wants in its sole and absolute discretion. That's a helpful start, but there's been a trend towards the court's willingness to look closely at the decisions of employers. They examine not only the substantive outcome of those decisions, but also the process which has followed. So, Harry, a little background on the cases. The key discretion cases are on bonus decisions. Early on, the courts implied terms as to how employers should exercise discretion, but set a relatively high bar before they'd interfere with an employer's decision. Employers just had to show they hadn't acted in an irrational, perverse or arbitrary way. In other words, the employee had to show that no reasonable employer would have acted in the way the decision maker did. It wasn't enough that a court might have reached a different conclusion from the employer with the same facts. The courts repeated that the threshold for showing rationality was a very high one, and this made it tricky for employees to challenge the exercise of discretion. Then we had the Braganza Supreme Court case in 2015. And as a result, it's probably now easier for employees to challenge the exercise of discretion by employers. Supreme Court in Braganza effectively said there were two limbs to the test of deciding whether an exercise of discretion was lawful. First, you need to look at the substantive outcome and the rationality of the decision itself. In other words, was the decision arrived at so unreasonable that no reasonable person could ever come to that decision? That's basically the position before the Braganza case. But then there's the second limb where the court added a new test and that's you've got to look at the procedure. Even if the outcome itself was fair, the process could be flawed if relevant matters have not been taken into account in coming to the decision and or irrelevant matters have been taken into account. So you must be thinking, what does this mean in practice? It's worth spending time on making sure you understand the risks and getting your process right. If you don't, you face the possibility, apart from reputational damage, of being drawn into protracted and costly legal disputes. Finally, if you do end up in court, you'll be required to disclose any documents which are relevant to the exercise of discretion. That includes any policies, remuneration committee terms of reference and minutes of meetings. This can really trip companies up. Where decisions aren't properly documented, it risks giving employees an open goal to show that the process followed wasn't rational. The result will be that the exercise of discretion to override a formulaic outcome will be struck down. And obviously, this is an outcome all companies would wish to avoid. To continue listening, click on to the next episode in this podcast series, where Kaylee and Ben are going to cover the use of malice and clawback. In the meantime, please do get in touch if you'd like to discuss any of the topics we've spoken about today in greater detail. We can help with the review of your bonus and LTIP documents, your policies and your process documents. Thanks very much, Harry.